And now it's time for the COT Cast with Crystal Cranus, Natea J, and Ryan Greco. And welcome back to this edition of the COT Cast. I am Ryan Greco here on the Fan Side of Network. And as always, I am joined by Chris O'Cranitz and Natea J. Be sure to reach the show at Tip of the Tower on Twitter. And also you can reach me at Ryan Greco 416. You can reach Chris O'Cranitz at Chris O'Cranitz. And of course, you can always reach Natea at Tay11 underscore. That is T-E-Y 11 underscore on Twitter. And always be sure to like our Facebook page. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Ryan. Never been better. Um, Natay, how are you doing? <laughs> you never been better. Uh, you know, really? I, had to, I had to throw some cliche you in there. never been better? No, nah, no. Nah, what was the time when... <laughs> I can't say that on air. <laughs> There's a few of those. <laughs> we love it. Uh, well, I know someone who uh, has not been doing better. Uh, that is uh, Jonathan Bernier. He's actually been doing pretty darn well when you look at how he's been playing with the Marlies so far. I, okay, yes, it's Are the you Marlies. Serious? I, it's the dude. It's the Marlies. Hey, back to back shoutouts. <gasps> really? <laughs> against against what was who, it you called I just it in the tape? Know, I just want. I just, <laughs> what'd you call it in the tape? I just want to know who he's playing against. Oh, he's playing. Okay, all right. Let's let's clear the air here. This is an NHL goalie right. playing against AHL players, and it's showing. And it's right. also an NHL goalie playing on a very good AHL team before you guys go and incinerate Bernier. Mm-hmm. His confidence is budding up right now. This is building. only giving me more reason to incinerate him. Why, Why though? Why? I don't understand why. This is the best thing that could happen to him right now, in my opinion. So similar to like a, a, a rehabbing pitcher going down to the minors to get his groove back. A little bit, except he's not coming back from injury. He's coming back from the worst injury you could have in sports, which is a mental one. So he's Ricky Romero. Uh, yeah, I, I would kind of compare him to somebody like a player coming back from the yips. I don't know if you guys know what the yips yep, is. Yeah. So coming back from the yips, like Ricky Romero. Just gotta, you think Ricky Romero had the yips, man? I think he just had a bad case of throwing up dick shots. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, honestly, he just lost it mentally, and all his confidence was gone, and it never came. It was back. a confidence thing. With yeah, Ricky it was. Romero. It was after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I've I've been a, I was a goalie at one point in my life in another lifetime. Um, <laughs> yeah. Less, listen. Listen. Listeners, there there wasn't a sport I didn't play. Let's just leave it at that. I just wasn't very good at any of them. <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, no, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, it, it's there's nothing worse than than the injuries that you can have in your head. I can kind of relate to what he's going through right now. But uh, to be perfectly honest, a guy at his level, a guy of his caliber, I, I I am happy for him and his feelings that he was able to get two shutouts against Scrubs. Congratulations, Bernie. I hope your feelings are feeling a bit better. <laughs> you and I know hope... what? what? I'm pro player. You know how I, I roll, man. I'm pro player, right? So he goes down there, right? He's going to get his confidence right. back. And all he needs is to see a few pucks bounce off his pads, and, and maybe he's going to get his confidence back. You know what I mean? All, all Sometimes a player needs to see a few shots go in, and all of a sudden they're back to who they were. Well, pads aside, bouncing off of it and actually making some saves. <laughs> Think about it like this. He's actually having fun playing hockey again. That's just something, huge. Yeah, that's a big thing for him. Man, that's huge. I'll ease up on him for that. Well, it seems like the lesser competition or easing up on him is actually helping him quite a bit. Um, Marley's head coach, Sheldon Keefe, said about his mindset that he goes about his business. First time that I saw him in the room is stretching, hanging out with the guys. He's having fun. I don't know if you guys saw his first shutout that he got with Rochester. The Marley's mobbed him after the game, and he looked like one of the happiest players I've seen in a while playing hockey, so... I think his psyche is slowly coming around, guys. What do you think? There's something to be said about having fun, man. You know, once he started having fun with the game, I tell you what, it does wonders for you, man. 
and all those little things that you may you may take it take for granted they start to go away you start to stay a little bit extra uh, you start to you know hang out with the guys a little bit more everything every day is not such a drag so you know for him having fun that's huge that's a big factor for me and you know from here on out i look for him as the first game to start getting back to normal i'll um i'll point this out and i think this is something that a lot of fans don't take into consideration when they're um uh, watching Jonathan Bernier and how he's got a smile on his face. Uh, he's walking into an organization that has won a lot recently. That group of guys in that locker room, in the Marlies locker room, have won a lot in the AHL in the last couple of years. Those are confident kids. They're in a positive environment in a sense where they all know they're just a step away. They're one, As Chris was saying earlier, this is one of the better teams in the AHL. And I think that that positive energy is definitely fed off of him. I think uh, it's kudos to him, though, to walk into it with a completely open attitude towards it. Um, I'm glad that he's having such a great time down there because I would, too, if I was getting the kind of money he was getting to ride the bus. Well, to kind of keep with the young kids, I don't know if you guys saw, but a number of Leafs players, probably five to seven of them, are going to play in the World Juniors this year. Headlining yes. it will be Mitch Marner and, of course, William Nylander. The most overhyped tournament in all of hockey history. <laughs> but with the Leafs playing in it, the Leafs prospects, would you guys pay attention more tentatively or be more inclined to watch it? Absolutely. You want to see how the, uh, the, the Leafs' top prospects you know, fare against other good competition. I mean, this is a step up from the AHL, right? So, you know, it's a chance to evaluate guys on our higher stage and, and see what they're made of. Um, I would, well, I'm not even going to lie. The World Hockey uh, Junior Championship is actually sort of a tradition in my house. It's always playing. We always have, you guys, you guys have been to it. You've, you know how big of a, a celebration my family has on a boxing day. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in their pajamas, uh, having eggnog and singing and laughing and doing other things. Anyway, um, yeah, so the, <laughs> the, uh, World Junior Championships is always on, on, in my house and it's always covered, uh, during the uh, holiday special. So, or sorry, the holidays. So, um. Will I watch it more tentatively? I actually will because they, you know, it's not very often that we actually have really good Leafs prospects playing in it. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I'll be watching it more. Yeah, I think I'll be keeping a little bit of a closer eye as well because it's going to be fun to watch these guys compete at the highest level they possibly can as juniors, let's say. I yep. mean, it's still international play. And I'm going to look forward to seeing Mitch Marner. I mean, he's been tearing up in the OHL, back-to-back hat tricks over last weekend. He's... He's a flat-out stud, and when's I'm kind of looking forward. When's he coming up? Like, what, what's the timetable here? Like, uh, they, they don't really they have specified? a timetable. They don't really have a timetable with them. It's, I, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe next year he'll get a legitimate shot. But he's still got to put some weight on. He's got to grow a bit. He's got to get his adult body, which is not too far off. But skill-wise, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. electrifying. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun to watch. Moving from guys like Mitch Marner and the Marlies. Let's talk about the big club a bit here. The season is essentially a write-off. We're playing for next year. They're crap. Yeah. Can, do you think they have an actual legitimate shot at moving any of these guys? Like, let's say a Bozak or a Faneuf or even a Lupul. Do you think they have a legitimate shot at moving one of these guys? It all depends on what the market is for these guys. You know what I mean? I feel like if they can put together one last little good stretch of hockey, it, it, will, it will bode well for other teams looking at them. But, it, it, you know, if you're, in, if you're a GM right now, would you? I think Fanuf from I've talked to some people in hockey that have said Fanuf is somebody that they're interested in moving. Yeah. But a, a lot of these teams want the Leafs to retain a bit of salary. Mm. One of the teams that's still connected that checks in regularly with the Leafs for Fanuf is the LA Kings. Yeah. Money wise, can it work with both of them? So that's a big thing for them. But I think teams will certainly knock for a guy like Fanuf come the deadline. 
I think that, um, well, back in the truculence days. <laughs> truculence. Truculence and belligerent days. The Leafs did just that when it came to spending. They showed a lot of truculence and vigor and belligerence. Lots and lots of belligerence. And with that even being said, um, I think that the only guy that's worth moving, the only guy that is even worth taking a look at is something we've, that's already been discussed here, and it's enough. I don't know how much of a leader he really is in a locker room. Um, he's never been a guy that's been very well enjoyed by the Toronto public in general or by the uh, the media. And I think that's actually more just kind of like, I think he just gets a bad rap with all of us. So, you know, I'll give him a pass for that. But I think uh, not only would a move for Phaneuf benefit the Toronto Maple Leafs club, it would benefit his own career. I think when the spotlight not as bright on him, I think he could be a real a real good piece added to a seriously contending team mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. He's actually having a pretty good year this year, though. I mean, if you want to use his metrics, he's been a pretty positive player for the most part. So maybe that will further entice a team to take a look at him. Absolutely. Because I'm, they're going to look at what he's doing with Babcock and say, maybe he's not as uncoachable and unadaptable to a new system. Like they, a lot of question marks will kind of be, I don't want to say erased, but teams will be at ease seeing him playing a new system and realize mm-hmm. that he can actually still be the guy that we think he can. And not only that, like he's just the the spotlight. Honestly, it's it's crazy to say, but I actually think the spotlight on the Leafs this year just isn't as big, given everything else that's been happening around it's Toronto not. sports. It's not. Nobody is going up in arms about what Fanuf did night after night this year. People are going to give this team leeway, especially now that they made the move the move for Babcock. So I think it's just it's just a good time for him to either quietly ride off into the sunset with another team, or continue this progressive year that he's had. You know, they also say that uh, happiness always comes from expectation, right? So the fan base, right, they, they know what to expect. They've been explained to uh, by, by management what's going to happen with this team. It's not going to happen overnight, right? So we expect the team to be bad, right? And, you know, they've had spurts where they've been okay, and, you know, we'd be, we've been happy, but we know what to expect. So we're not ter- terribly down, and, you know, people are kind of shifting their focus to other things. Well, a big problem that the Leafs have with some of these guys and moving them is the size of their contracts and the fact that they have no trade clauses or limited no trade clauses. But a funny little thing I was thinking is, if some of these guys can't be moved, how do you make use of a bad contract in sports? It's something we don't really talk about. (laughs) You just pay the guy and wait for him to go away? Or do you take a different approach where, let's? I know it's bizarre and it'll probably never happen, what if you took a guy like Joffrey Lupo? Yeah. He's injured mm-hmm. quite frequently. He uh-huh. makes a healthy amount of money. And what if you made him kind of interact with the fans when he was injured? What I mean by that <laughs> is elevate the fan experience. When you go to a game, the team may suck. But think about how many kids' dreams he'd fulfill if he was kind of walking around the ACC <laughs> while he's injured. Sh- shaking hands, yeah, kissing babies. No, yeah. You kind of take the attention away from the game, don't you think? There'd be like a huge clamor of people just around him asking for pictures, asking for autographs. I, you, you know, it would be really crazy. Like, you, you don't underestimate like, how crazy it'd get in the stands. Well, that's why we got security. And <laughs> the other thing that we have, too, is all those empty seats in the platinum section. You don't got nothing to worry about. Just send them in the 100 level. There's nobody sitting there anyways. There you so go. So let him go exactly. talk around the hundred level concourse. I, it's just, just a way to make him earn his money. Or well, think about this. Think about a guy like A. Rod with the Yankees. Yeah. That albatross contract. Oh. He he can't play the field anymore. If right. he does, I mean, do it at your own risk. <laughs> but we all saw during the playoffs. He loves being in the media. He, he loves does. being a play by play. And he's pretty damn good at it. So what if he redefined the first play by play player? 
Whoa. So what I mean by that is so not a player coach, but a no, play but a player, by play, play, by play. He only DHs, right? right? So well, he's not taking his at bats. What if the Yankees signed an exclusive deal with A Rod with the Yes Network, yes. and while he's not hitting, he's giving you play by play and. Alex, what right. are you seeing from the pitcher? And he gives right, some right. spiel to the crowd at home. <laughs> Listen, I can see them time. That's really interesting. I can see them timing up where as soon as he's done his at-bat, right, he can go straight to the press box. I mean, he's got to wait nine more guys, right, and a couple <laughs> innings in between. So why not go up there and, and give give your thoughts on the game, how you feeling body-wise, you know, do a little play-by-play in between. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can see that not, working. That's a lot not of the, a bad a lot, idea. A lot of what you would say is that he, they would have him down in the dugout with one of those headphones on because this is something that they already kind of yes, do yeah. with, the managers, with the managers, right? right? Yeah. Now, I could just imagine seeing A-Rod there and, uh, you know, Girardi makes makes a sign to do a shift and A-Rod's just sitting there like, hmm. Oh, they want him to steal right now. And it's like, yeah. no, he's on the back. He's like, hmm, I don't, know if, I don't know if I would do that if I were Joe. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, Joe is what he is. Yeah. Well, think about <laughs> Just like gets this. into it. <laughs> a lot of these players want to transition into media when their careers are done. Yeah, that's it true. It could be something uh, You're looking them. at one guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine well played, well played. And kind of giving your perspective about what's actually happening while you're in the game. That I would know. be super cool, though. I'm yeah, not going to lie. It would be that something would that's be, never been done. Right. And they're I gonna, mean, you get interviews with guys, but you don't get that firsthand, like them just talking off off the top of their head. You know of what course. I mean? Well, think about, too, if you're a player, it's kind of a bargaining chip as well for your contract. Be like, hey, look at your ratings on TV <laughs> yeah, when right. I'm here. That's something they could use a spin off. It's just you something I know. thought about. That's outrageous, but I could, you know, I could see that's it not, yeah, it's not too far-fetched. It's better exactly. than I'm sending tweets in-game, you know what right. I'm saying? Going to the bathroom and sneaking out tweets. <laughs> what about for guys that are kind of like deadweight contracts, like a Phil Kessel? What I mean by that is the Leafs, when they trade him, they have to eat two mil of his salary right. for, I believe it's the next four seasons. So... Phil Kessel kind of likes his cookies. Oh, he's eating a cookie. He's eating a cookie. Hey, we better get him. You better get you on the bike there, buddy, if you're going to keep eating these cookies. That's your fourth one today. Phil, I saw you had three other ones in there before the media thing. So what if when the Penguins come once? What kind of cookies, Chris? I believe they were chocolate chips because Fanuf was the one chirping. Were they just chocolate chips? You know what? I have to go back and watch a clip, but I'd assume they were. But. Here's the thing with that is let's say when the Penguins come to town once – well, they come more than once a year, but let's say when the Penguins come to town, we kind of did – it's it's the biggest troll move ever. But let's say we had like kind of like a Phil Kessel appreciation night. No tribute videos, but everybody in the stands gets a cookie. Oh, I would love that. No, I mean, we're cool. paying his $2 million right. salary, so why not have that'd some fun with it? That'd be a huge troll, man. You might hey, you know what? game. If it was any kind of a real – like real genuine guy, he would take that two million dollars and buy everyone in the ACC cookies. Hey, no. you know <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna knock Phil for getting paid. You know what I could see happening? All the fans throwing the cookies onto the ice when he's okay. Like, you know what I mean? That, yeah. <laughs> that cookie thing is definitely yeah. not happening. Yeah. Or hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. He scores a hat trick, and so and all Instead everyone starts throwing the cookies, cookies right at yeah. him. Throwing, pelting him with cookies. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I like Kessel. I think he's a good player. I think he has one of the worst attitudes, and his work ethic is, I'll say, lackluster. But it's just something I thought of that there's ways that you can kind of have fun with it. Let's let's up the fan experience at games. We pay all this money yep. in sports to go watch these guys play. Right. Why not give back to the fans a bit and have some more Dude, fun? That would be cool. That would be cool. I think it'd just be different. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there any other ways you guys think that they can improve the fan experience? Because the Leafs are the most expensive ticket in sports right now, according to ESPN's fan rankings and everything. But Big let's, shock let's, there yeah, for, like, what, the 10th year running? <laughs> well, let's say, like, the Blue Jays, even the Argos, um, the Raptors. How else could they improve the fan experience? Because I'm sure this is a thing that 
front offices struggle with all yeah, the time. They do. How can we because improve the fan experience? What do you guys think? The thing they struggle with is you want fans to get close to the game, but you also want to keep the focus on the actual game itself, right? You don't want people, you know, fans in the locker room before the game when guys have to be focused or, you know, or even like on the field of play after the after the game because then you have a security issue. So it's always a, a major battle between safety, focus, and the actual keeping the focus on the sport, but... I don't know. Being a fan, I was always a fan. I would. It's so tough, man, because I always wanted to be like maybe get a tour of the locker room. I don't know if they have that, but maybe hours before the game, before you know the players are actually in there, maybe get a tour of the locker room and and see what players do. Uh, I know Dallas has a thing where you know you know they have fans right outside the locker room, and you know you can you know give guys high fives as they go by. I think they do a great job. That's pretty cool. Maybe if maybe if uh, every every team has something like that where you know fans can feel part of the team, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Um, it's just tough though. I know it's a tough it thing. Tough. What do you think, Ryan? You think you got anything? It's really tough to have um, guys. Especially in the hockey experience, you know, hockey's a little bit different in the sense of like football or, um, you know, or even baseball in a sense where it's like you know you're surrounded by plexiglass. Yeah. It's kind of hard to reach out and touch, especially in a place like the ACC. It's where a unique atmosphere. You know, it is. It is. <laughs> um, one thing that um, I remember as a kid that they used to do when they had the alumni games is they'd always have an alumni come to every single game and come out and sign autographs. I had an opportunity to meet Johnny Bauer. Uh, when I was a little kid, just going into that fan experience. And I missed the entire third period to go watch that, but it didn't matter to me because I had a <laughs> chance to go meet Johnny freaking Bauer. I think if they just did more alumni nights and more opportunities to meet and greet alumni, uh, just celebrating a little bit of the history, even guys that aren't necessarily from the 1960s, you know, guys that maybe our generation actually remembers uh, or actually watched play. Um, you also, obviously, you can make that 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 demand for cheaper merchandise or just more reasonable pricing or better uh, better bundle packages for beverages and, and combos and things like that. And above all else, the number one thing they could do for fan experience is this novelty idea. I know we haven't had it for a while in Leafs land, but it's it's winning. Win. <laughs> Win. That that's that's the novel that's my number one novelty idea. Well one area that the fans are actually having a lot of power right now is in the all star vote. I don't know if you guys have seen but the big six. Scotty! Yeah. Mr. John Scott out in the desert there is leading Mr. the All-Star Scotty. game vote. All-Star game cool. fan vote. I think it's cool. Well, I, I think he's kind of like the bald Igor Komodo dragon. Mr. Scott, damage report. You should have put, put him to that Goldberg song. <laughs> During the last episode. Yeah, last yeah. episode. Hey, man, don't worry. We, we that, that may not be the only time we do that. That, that, that edition is fun. coming up. That was fun. But, yeah, but Scott. Yeah. Go, like oh, honestly, John Scott. I think uh, it's you know what to a point that you were talking about earlier, Chris, off the air was um, you know I I really do think that it's starting to kind of make a mockery of the All Star Game. But you know what, it's the NH for anybody who's about to say the NHL All Star Game is a mockery. Look at the fan voting for the NBA for the last couple. of If you go back a decade, it's you know it's it was bad. It was bad at some points. We had guys who were playing ten games in the entire season, getting all the votes in China in the name of Yao Ming, who's a great player, great person, but. You know, there's, and then you've got guys who aren't even starting or in the league, and Allen Iverson also voted as the starting shooting guard. That was always the funniest thing, like <laughs> literally, like hilarious. Like, you know, I remember a year Vince Carter had played like maybe like twelve, thirteen games, and he's a leading vote getter, and it, it's just always so funny. It's like, what does this game come to? Like, is this, <laughs> is this even uh, actually oh, a real humanity. thing or a popularity contest? It's a pickup game. 
That's all that is. So you guys don't have a problem with John Scott leading the vote? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. No, I want to see. Then they need to do something to spice it up. I mean, you know, it's an All Star game. Let's, let's. You know what? You know it's what three mean? on three this year. Yeah. I want to see him out there with Getz Laughing Kane and them throwing frisbees his way. And yeah. I want to see him just either pop one in the net or you know what, flat out whiff. <laughs> I have a better idea. Here's what we'll do for the first five minutes of the All Star game, or we'll make a skills competition out of it. What we'll do is we'll get him. And we'll instead of instead of hockey gloves, he'll have on UFC gloves. <laughs> we'll have a cage, an octagon, right around center the center rink, and the center ring at center ice. And inside, we'll have either Jordan Tutu or we'll have Ty Domi come out of retirement, and we'll have them throw down for five minutes to start off the All Star game or to kick off the skills competition. I think that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be kind of a, an odd sight, but it's definitely something different. Do you guys think a similar thing can happen in Toronto with the NBA All-Star game being here this year? Do you think fans can kind of pull a John Scott-esque movement and vote in a guy like Bruno Caboclo? I don't think there's enough Canadians to vote those guys in. Yeah, um, I don't know, but Bruno... How much of a fight he, he was just, it just to get he's Lowry? He's popular, but he's not like... like that popular, you know what I mean? Like he's not have to like, have a league, right? Like It'd people, be like honestly, I Raptors hate... fans know him, but yeah. the the general population doesn't know him, and that's the thing with with that was happening with Yao Ming in China. Like people that didn't even watch basketball were just voting for Yao Ming because he was Chinese, right? And he played in the NBA. So hey, if if there was anyone that they could have voted in as a joke, it would have been. The White Mamba. Yes, that, that's the perfect candidate. <laughs> that was the and it would have worked. Or if, Jeremy Lin, if he was Canadian back in the day. You know what I mean? And you know, maybe play for the Raptors because all the Canadians would have voted him. Matt Bonner, anyone? Yeah, I think that could have worked. Red Rocket was still playing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just yes. he just missed it by like two years. Yeah. <laughs> two years. Two or three? Yeah, he retired what? Two or three years ago? Uh, oh, I thought you meant when he played on the Raptors. No, 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 no. no. Oh, but he, yeah, he actually he's a, he's a he's yeah he did yeah yeah right yeah 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 he did just miss it by two years. Yeah, right. That'd be pretty cool yeah. to see somebody get a vote in. So I guess no, I'm not that's for, a no I'm not, I'm not for that Bruno. No, no, unfortunately. He's not popular enough. And, and he think, he needs to spend some more time in the, the Raptors 905, man. He's uh, looks like a deer in headlights, man. He just, he, yeah, he's two times. years away from being two years away. Oh, <laughs> Still. He went there. I like him, though, but like. Yeah, he's, he, got, he's, he's just raw. He's, he's so, so raw. raw. It's yeah. like he, like, I feel like he just didn't play basketball or enough basketball. You know what I mean? Because he's like lacking like some fundamental things about just spacing and movement and when to crash the boards and you know it's it's just he needs to play more. Mm-hmm. From fan experience of voting and everything, which apparently is not enough to get Bruno in the game. <laughs> Christmas is coming up. What do you guys think about Christmas gifts? You got any Christmas ideas for Toronto sports fans out there? Any uh, any new swag well, that we should keep an eye on, or <laughs> what's the deal? Here? Well, me personally, I, I, I don't think I can afford to get Toronto sports fan gifts. You know what I can give them is my unwavering love and uh, <laughs> appreciation for each and every one of the Toronto Argonaut <laughs> oh fans. I love all of them, and I wish them nothing but the best this holiday season. And stay safe and don't drink and drive. Now, Ryan, do you have a gift idea? Public <laughs> public service announcement. Hey, yeah, PSA. At Megate. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Boy. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually do have something that I think would be uh, – unfortunately, I don't know if it goes on until – I don't know if it launches in January. I'm hoping it, ta- it launches during the holiday season, but I'm going to say it anyway. These brand-new all-star uniforms that they've unveiled, 
2016 All-Star. If you can't get them right now, pre-order them. You like They're some of the most beautiful All-Star uniforms I have seen in the last 10, 15 years, hands down. I haven't seen All-Star uniforms looking this good since 2004. What do you think changed? Well, first off, they're not using any unnecessary colors in black or, right. or, or, or all white. They're also not trying to use the team's entire bloody name. Right, right. The, sorry, the player's entire bloody name, which I thought was a complete travesty and idiocy last year. Um, and not only that, the last five years before that, every jersey looked the exact same. You can right. actually go back. I wrote an article about it earlier this week on TOT. It's there. You can see all the links that's posted. They looked exactly the same. And then last year's, I'm not even going to go into yeah, it. But that Brooklyn, New yeah, York thing. Oh the the God. Toronto Raptors, um, the sorry Adidas uh, NBA did a fantastic job designing these these logos and or sorry these jerseys. And I think it was uh, it's a must have. I feel like it's a case of like less is more. They didn't try to exactly. do too Thank much. You. you know what I mean? Exactly. And sometimes that ends up being the the very best thing like this year um in the cfl we had our player inspired uh series with like hats and stuff and chad owens made like some of the best hats like toronto argonauts ever seen right and so the simple fact that he did he did less like he less was more for him right and he made yeah. it simple and everyone loved it i mean we saw like a couple like years past where like it was like okay what are you doing man so you know i i, I totally see where you're coming from with that one mm-hmm. well unfortunately I hate to be the buzzkill here, but the All Star gear doesn't come out till January. <laughs> but it's all right. Pre order that. Yeah, those, Pre-order those bad boys. Especially because they give you a tribute to the Huskies and the very first game that James Naismith had, yep. which was yep. in Canada. It's it's really cool. It's a unique thing that isn't just about Toronto. It does have its subtle hints at Toronto, but it's more about the birth of basketball and where it all started, which is something that I'm sure every fan can appreciate. Speaking on that, I'm glad you brought that up. I really hope that I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I really hope they do something at the at the Madame uh, Center which is used to be Maple Leaf Gardens, which any basketball head would know yep. is where the very first NBA game happened. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if they could do a, a celebrity, have the celebrity game there maybe, because um, I know they always do it in a smaller gym. Well, um, that would be more like the, actually, you know what? I think that venue has enough buildings and gymnasiums. Maybe they could do the fan experience there yeah. instead of at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. It would be more random. I don't I mean, know if it's for it all. Yeah, it would enough. be random, but uh, University you know. of Toronto has a new basketball. You know, uh, yeah, but they don't have James Nay Smith, brother. Right. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't have this, the birthplace of the NBA. Uh, they literally don't. That's literally the birthplace of the NBA. I don't know how many fans will be able to say that. I don't know how many NBA basketball fans actually really know that outside of Toronto, and I don't know how many Toronto basketball fans truly know that. It's just, I don't know. I just think it's something that deserved to have it there. I realize that because our Ryerson owns, there's all that crap. But you know what? Forget the legal mumbo-jumbo. It should be at the Madame Athletic Center. Well, the thing is with that, too, I mean, people may argue that it's became a Loblaws. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still a piece of that grounds that is Maple Leafs Gardens. Yep. And, and I they think... still have a basketball court that seats 10,000 people. Yeah. So <laughs> They're I still making history happen. there to this day. You got Jamal Murray dropping 18, 25 points on the United States, giving Canada their first ever Pan Am medal. History is still being made to this day in that building in sports. No, I, I get fitting. it, right? We get it, man. You want the you want something there? Damn man. straight, I do. Right, and then we can grab some food after. As well. <laughs> That's right. We can go down to La Blas. No, 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 no. Even better, we can go to the LCBO right after. Yeah, I know you're all for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it is the tis the season. Tis the season. And that wraps up this episode of the TOT Cast. Once again, I am Ryan Greco. 
That is Crystal Cranitz. That is Natea J. You can always be sure to reach the show at Tip of the Tower on Twitter. You can always reach me at Ryan Greco 416 You can be sure to reach out to Crystal Cranitz at Crystal Cranitz. And of course, Natea at Tay11 underscore. Always be sure to like our Facebook page, share the show with your friends, and I guarantee you they will like that. And finally, always be sure, hit us up on iTunes and be sure to subscribe to our podcast, the TOT Cast. I'd like to thank the Fan Sided Network. Everyone have a fantastic day. Take care.